Hi there, welcome to episode number seven of True Crap Pop. It's uh, it's a podcast which is a spin-off from the podcast True Cult Pop, which you can listen to every Friday if you so wish. It's me, Stephen Hill. I'm here. I'll be on that one. I tell you, I won't be letting on that one anytime soon. Bloody Sam Slight, innit? Let me let him on this one. Here he is. You right? He's an idiot. Drinks <laughs> like yellow stuff in tins. <laughs> yeah, mate. Do, How you doing? Pictures of mice. Good. All right, mate. How are you doing? What's going on? What are you doing? How are you doing it? I'm all right, thank you, mate. Uh, busy old weekend at work. Just uh, just the two Leicester sporting events, City and Tigers. Oh, run ragged. But yeah, I'm all right, thank you, mate. I've uh, I've been living it up real good, real good. Good, good. <laughs> good. So on this podcast, we are searching. For the very, very worst album ever made in the history of music. That is what we do here on the show. Look for the worst album of all time. Uh, even though this is only the seventh episode of this particular iteration, there are actually a load of other ones. Should I just say it's called Broken Records? We're going to search for Broken Records. It's myself and somebody else, not Sam, unfortunately. Sorry, Sam. Nah, I didn't right. realise that you were nice and that he was terrible. Um, yeah, before, I'm better so. at laughing at your jokes as well, so I think we're in a better spot now, really. So. You are, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you think you are. That's all you need to do, really. That's oh, it's it's dead easy. Um, piece of piss, isn't it? Absolutely piece <laughs> of piss. So basically, all the records that you will hear us talking about or considering, they aren't necessarily albums that we hate ourselves. They're albums that have been picked through their reputation, through their standing, critically or commercially, um, through your suggestion even if it doesn't exist you might suggest if you want to suggest an album which doesn't even exist we have done one of those recently so you know enjoy that do whatever you want we've got a ranking full of terrible terrible music and we're going to be adding to it today by looking at live it up by crosby stills and nash the fourth studio album it's not actually the fourth album that those men have done together young excluding the neil young albums it's a fourth iteration from that trio the crosby stills and nash trio oh already complicated exhausting isn't it complicated exhausted stupid anyway, it's gonna be like looking at out. the timeline of the film primer by the end of it i know That's ridiculous LD. yeah uh it was released on the 26th of june 1990 that is what we're going to be focusing on this week but before we do Let's take a little look at the 20 worst albums that we have on our list of bad albums. And there's a lot of them. There's like 80 odd. Mm. 80 odd for this to go into. Uh, these are the 20 worth. Worth? 20 the worth of boast albums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, Sign number 20, the soundtrack to the movie Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, followed by The Rebirth by Little Wayne, Hard to Swallow by Vanilla Ice. Eoghan Quigg by Eoghan Quigg, Testified by Phil Collins, Graveyard Classics Volume 2 by Six Feet Under, Blood, Sweat and Towers by The Towers of London, Cut the Crap by The Clash, Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman, Philosophy of the World by The Shags, Asshole by Jane Simmons, Total Zanarchy by Little Zan, Paula by Robin Thicke, Methods of Mayhem by Methods of Mayhem, Double Wide by Uncle Cracker, Bad Blood by Blood on the Dance Floor, I'm Not a Fan But the Kids Like It by Broken Side, The Concerto in True Minor <laughs> by the True Symphonic Rockestra. Do you know what? I went to my cousin's wedding at the weekend. And Did I you, Steve? They don't listen to this. And I think they played the, you know, the Omens theme tune. <laughs> I think they played that. But the true symphonic rockster version. <laughs> and how many times did they play it? Just the fifty times, not many. Just, yeah, gets Brilliant. better on repeated listens, doesn't it? 
I think so. That's the thing about uh, James Labrie. Much like the cheese for which he takes his name gets better with age, gets better with uh, multiple <laughs> yeah. revisits. The, the smellier he gets, the better it sounds. <laughs> He's like Samson, but you can't wash him. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's number three as well. Mm. Crazy Hits by the Crazy Frog is number two. And Farah Abraham's My Teenage Dream Ended is still the very worst record ever made in our humble opinion but into that Mm. list we'll go live it up by crosby stills and nash their fourth studio album as i said released on the 26th of june 1990 now this is a bit of a funny one for me because i have to be honest i know very little about crosby stills and nash or even crosby stills nash and young and i like neil young a lot Mm. of the four of them neil young is the only one that i have a particularly strong opinion of that of he's really good um the other three i don't really know much about them i know that stephen stills was in buffalo springfield Mm. um with neil young uh i know graham nash was in the hollies and i don't care about the hollies i know that as well and i know david crosby was in the birds so Mm. probably david crosby would be the other other one that i'd be like oh well at least i know a few david crosby things that I think I know and I like. But as a trio, or as even as a four, with Neil Young added in, I don't I don't really know anything about them at all. I don't know any of their music. I bet you do though, don't you, Sam? I bet you know loads of their music, being a big oh, fan of big psychedelic time. 60s folk mm, Americana. Mm. Oh, I've got, got, got all, the, all the big hits, all the big ones. Yeah, I... I, I <laughs> um, make, them, make them up if you have to. You, I wouldn't know. Oh, uh... Baby, Rock Me in 5-4 Time is a really good one. <laughs> I like that one. That was from their prog uh, era. So, p- p- President Pumpkin Latte. What? <laughs> don't know. Helmet painted blue. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't know a tremendous about about um, Crosby, Stills and Nash. And yeah, similarly, I don't really know much about Stephen Stills or Graham Nash at all. Uh, and David Crosby, I kind of know more as a. Almost a bit of a talking... An annoying man on... Not an annoying, but a... Not annoying, hilarious, I think. Hilariously grumpy man. We'll we'll talk about that at the end, I think. We'll say that. Yeah, but but, Mm. I mean, I I, I think I know their reputation without actually really knowing the ins and outs. I mean, obviously, they're kind of considered, um, you know, incredibly influential and formative and quite legendary guitarists and vocalists. Um, I think the thing that everyone knows about Crosby, Stills and Nash without even listening to them is that they have these beautiful vocal harmonies and that's kind of one of the, the main selling points of them as a, a super group of sorts. But no, I, I don't know loads about them really. I know that David Crosby um, has in the last few days become my favourite man in the world. And I think we'll get into that later. <laughs> okay, because uh, a writ... Um, I'll bring it up now because I didn't really get much of substance from them. But there was, there's a really good um, sort of compilation that someone's put together <laughs> of the various interviews of all three members of Crosby, Stills and Nash uh, being interviewed by um, Bob Barbus, I think it is. I tell you yeah. what, David Crosby in that interview, uh, or in the one that I saw, which I think was from 1991, so it's after the release of this album, comes across as really magnanimous. The bloke mm. says, so, you know, let's talk about the dissolution of the birds. And he's like, no, no, actually, you know, the rumours are true. I was an arsehole. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, al- but also, I didn't get my songs on the record, so that's why I left. It's like, yeah, fair play, David Crosby. I've, I like you, I mate. Found, I found an interview and talking about something we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, he's, one of the quotes was, every decision I've made in my life has been the wrong one. <laughs> 
Well, I think we've got evidence to back that up this week. <laughs> He's fucking hilarious. He's not God, been... God rest long. his soul. God rest his mad soul. <laughs> right, anyway, so... Well, of course, yeah. we still... And Nash. It's an interesting sort of way that they formed. I mean, basically, they all either fell out with or left the bands they were in. Mm. And I think none of them really wanted to be in a band situation straight away and the three of them sort of got together did you know that they 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 um they did an audition to be on apple records the beatles uh record label and and the beatles went nah <laughs> i didn't know that but funnily yeah. enough in, in this interview that i was watching where uh david crosby was talking probably about because david crosby was smoking a massive joint and yeah probably corner, being like fuck off lennon you prick they probably like, <laughs> would imagine that's what happened imagine all the shouting as they say um yeah <laughs> i mean to be fair he fucking uh very open about how much he adores the beatles and respects them so it might not have been his fault that they didn't get signed it might have just been the, the quality of their performance perhaps <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. um so anyway I'm, i don't think it's worth us going into you know loads about how they got together and blah 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 but they became you know like a, like a, like a big deal and mm. um formed in sort of the late 60s sort of 68 69 sort of getting themselves together and didn't want to exist in a sort of traditional band format so like you say did that kind of three-part harmony three front men mm. um almost like collaborative three solo artists as opposed to a band thing yeah obviously yeah. Did different people um with neil young sort of dipping in and out over the years you know, that came a bit, yeah. a bit later. Neil Young well, sort of dipped in and out. Um, the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young stuff, is that predominantly live recordings? I think there's there's only like one or two studio albums that they did as, you know, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. I think there's, there's, a, there's a hell of a lot of live material that came out that I think is what kind of made up that quartet, I think. Well, or maybe I'm just talking at me ass. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I don't. I actually genuinely don't know. Fair. Um, I but like you say... I know they got some... Yeah. Um, I mean, like you say, he dipped in and out when, uh, when I think he, you know, wasn't busy having a, a very successful career of his own. Well, we'll talk about the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young album that came out uh, in uh, nineteen eighty-eight in a little bit. We will talk about yeah. that in a little bit. Um, that, but they famously, you know, like I think, I think that their second ever gig was Woodstock. Wow. Okay. Which is pretty good, isn't it? Apparently, they, uh, I think it was Graham Nash on stage said. Uh, we're we're shitting our we're shitting ourselves while hmm. we're playing, um, not not literally not like uh, was that Rage of Gigi Allen band? Oh, oh. pissing Br- on everyone's face, D- brass against, brass against, yeah, not uh, like that. He no. meant metaphorically shitting himself. Mm. Um, Although David Crosby might have done it literally, if uh, <laughs> he if might, we don't know, do we? We don't know. <laughs> but look, I think you know, there's no point us really going through the glory years of them becoming one of the kind of major sort of super groups in American culture during the sort of late sixties and through into the early seventies. What we really want to be concentrating on here is the eighties and sort of beyond really, because mm. all of those artists pretty much had from the sixties had a bit of a rough time. I think during the eighties, it wasn't just, you know, Crosby, Stills and Nash and Young. And when we've spoken about Neil Young's Everybody's Rocking, we've mm. done a Rolling Stones album on this uh, this podcast previously um, from the 80s. You know, like the, the 80s were not a great time to be one of those 60s Woodstock kind of legendary 
people. I think if you look at some of the stuff that McCartney was doing around that time, you know, the frogs, people always point at the frog song mm. that McCartney was doing at that time. Led Zeppelin played that horrendous gig at, um, yes. at Live Aid. Black Sabbath mm. around this time. Oh, mess, God, weren't yeah. they in the yeah, 80s yeah, yeah. like you know i suppose the early 80s you know dio comes along and they do a couple of albums in but the rest of the 80s into the sort of early 90s the second half of the 80s for all of these artists stinker like shit time to be somebody who was sort of 20 years into i say shit time a fallow period yeah like you know pink floyd releasing bad material uh, in the sort of post roger waters era as well yeah. um it's quite a lot of pretty shitty stuff that had gone on um you know like i said uh, in 1981 the daylight again album that they did went platinum and they did play they did play live aid in 1985 with crosby stills nash and young mm. so with neil young as well it's not what you immediately think about when you think of live aid is it nope nope definitely not what do you, what do you immediately think of when you think of live aid sam Qu- Top queen live aid things queen definitely you know it's mm-hmm. queen's performance at wembley stadium um that that's that's the main one uh i think of bob geldoff presumably being a bit of an asshole off stage he was wasn't he do you know about yeah. bob geldoff switching the times uh yes. that he went on stage so he could perform in front of uh prince charles who was walking down the street the other day? Who was walking down the street the other day? Are people going to get that? Have we talked about that before? That was walking down the street the other day. I don't think so. I think you might as well give it away now. Since this is a bit of a, it's going to be a bit of a quick uh, one. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, in the eighties, copycats in the (laughs) eighties when everybody did impressions of Prince Charles. My, I got what I say. My mate, a guy I used to go to school with, Chris Keane. I'll give him. I'll give his full name. How could he do that? Uh, What's his postcode? Chris code? Keen. <laughs> I don't know his postcode. National code. insurance. Chris Keen. Um, Chris Keen. Years later, said that I bullied him at school because I came up with the nickname for him, uh, Foundation Forehead, because he had to do the foundation <laughs> course on science at GCSE, and he had a big forehead, so he yeah, called him Foundation Forehead. <laughs> I mean, I think he probably has he got a like, point. That's the worst thing anyone's ever called anyone. And I was like, it's not. It's that, not the worst thing it? anyone's ever called anyone. No, Bloody hell. No, no, it's not. It's not. Foundation for it. No. Anyway, Chris Keane used to, we, we tried to do impressions and stuff. And Chris Keane did Prince Charles. And he would pull his ears. I wish you could see it. He would pull his ears not out, but he'd pull them down. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd just grab his earlobe and pull them down. And he'd, and he'd go, I was walking down the street the other day. And then... <laughs> that's it. And he never said, we go, go on, King, do Prince Charles again. I was like, where, where is Prince Charles? Now King Charles, to give him his just big sausage fingered respect that he deserved. Where is Prince Charles ever said, I was walking down the street? If you said he was an Anis Horribilis, like that would be something mm. that he said, right? Or, oh, mummy, when will I get to be king? Or something like that. Do you know what I mean? That's what he used to yeah, spit yeah, image. Yeah. I was walking down the street the other day. <laughs> I was walking down the street the other day, every time, and pull your earlobes down. <laughs> the worst impression I've ever seen in my. And you've watched all life. Seri- all three series of Copycats. So oh, that's all something. three series of Copycats. I saw <laughs> Andrew Connor and Terry Wogan. So trust me, that I've seen bad impressions, but Chris mm. Keane's impression of Prince Charles is the worst one. And I hope Bob <laughs> Geldof brought that up. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't. I Lied think he probably anyway, did. Uh, uh, but that's two things. The other thing I think of Live Ed, uh, Pepsi and Coke, the big rivalry of the, the fizzy soft drink boys. 
Uh, what happened with that then? Well, because there was the sort of battle about getting sponsorships for them and they ended up, you know, um, I think Pepsi sponsored the sort of UK broadcast and then Coke sponsored Did. the American one or, you know, whichever right. way around it was this kind of compromise where they could get more money, more money for charity. Mm. Crosby, mm. Stills, Nash played the, uh, uh, this is a bit off topic. Well, it's not, is it really? Because it's talking about them. Um, yes. they, they played the Bill Graham, when Bill Graham, the big famous US concert promoter died, they played uh, his, the tribute concert to him a few years later after this album, actually. And this is something I do know that I read in the notes. And I just thought to myself, Bill Graham was the man most responsible for trying to fuck up Live Aid <laughs> more than <laughs> any other human being. If you know anything about it, Bill Graham really, really didn't want uh, any of the US artists to do um, the Philadelphia leg of Live Aid at all. Spoiled sport. And he seemed like quite a, quite a grumpy, grumpy goose. I think. Who, who says famine has to be depressing? Bill Graham. That's what <laughs> yeah, I say. Bill, yeah. yeah, Bill Graham. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, they had the album uh, Daylight Again in 1981 went platinum. They did do Live Aid. Um, Graham Nash reformed and rejoined the Hollies in 1983. So he's sort of doing that a little bit. Stephen Stills did a bit with Graham Nash. Went solo for a bit of the decade. Stills and Nash together played the Berlin Wall when it was taken down in 1989 they played that berlin wall uh, alongside roger waters i think would have played or was it gilmore was it gilmore waters he played we don't know which one it was it was one of them i would have thought it would be it roger waters. waters that would make yeah. sense kind of thematically I just, um, my brain uh, and he, he bloody bloody loves one. germany doesn't he he loves germany oh, yeah. especially in the At 40s you know particular time yeah, wasn't yeah. It? um or 30s and or what we don't know which one it was but we do know david hasselhoff oh de- yeah definitely played Stole the show. Definitely played. Mm, yeah, mm. he was. He, yeah, he is the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is the best. Um, of all the artists at that event, David Hasselhoff was one of them. Yeah. So with all this going on, what was David Crosby up to in the eighties? Uh oh. <laughs> this might give a little bit more insight into why all of that stuff happened. And why wow. he's brilliant. David Crosby is, and you sort of alluded to it a little bit mm. here already, Sam. Let's be honest. He is a bit of a loose cannon, isn't he? Yeah, he is it, an he's unpredictable a man, I mm. think. Slightly unpredictable man. Um, he was in prison mm. uh, in 1982 and in 1986. And I'm sure, knowing David Crosby and his right on hippie political leanings, it was probably something cool and something to do with uh, fighting back against tyranny in the government, mm. right? Yeah, 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 well, I mean, if this album's anything sure. to go by, they are they are fighting the power hard, guys. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. Um, in 1982, he spent nine months in a Texas state prison for possession of heroin um, and a firearm, mm. and an illegal firearm. And in 1985, he drove his car into a fence and then ran off because he was <laughs> drunk and in possession of crack, heroin, cocaine, and a concealed pistol. Well, how else would you stick it to Reagan? <laughs> take that Reagan. Yeah, take, take that, that Jimmy Carter. Take that Nancy Pelosi. Would she have been around yeah. back then? I think yeah. she might have been. She'd been alive, no. wouldn't she? She she would have been. Yes, definitely. Yeah, she was definitely alive. Yeah. Take that Pelosi. Uh, take that as he, Warren uh, Burger. No, I think he was probably <laughs> long dead by then. Take that Bob Dole, the <laughs> Simpsons version of Bob Dole. <laughs> a few years down the line. Yeah, uh, yeah. Apologies to our transatlantic 
listeners who are going, come on, lads, you must know something about American politics. We uh, do. We know that Kang and Kodos know... uh, had a, a hotly contested election uh, yeah, when they inhabited know... the bodies of Bill Clinton and Bob Dole. <laughs> yeah, that definitely uh... happened. That, <laughs> that definitely happened. Um, so Davy Crosby was in prison for a bit mm. again the mm. interview i read with david crosby when he was talking about getting, being in prison and the interviewer really wanted him to go was going oh what is it like in prison and he was like yeah it won't, you know, like it put it this way it's better than being a junkie mm. and they were like oh really but it was still bad though and he was like yeah you know it wasn't great and they're like oh was it bad being a big rock star and he was mm. like yeah no it wasn't it wasn't great Oh, really? What did they say? And it goes on for like ages, this thing where you can just literally <laughs> look like, like, like Alan Partridge talking to Michael about the stuff he's seen, like uh, like ladyboys, like, <laughs> fascinating creatures. It's like, he doesn't want to talk about this, does he? He doesn't want to talk about like getting beaten up in prison yeah. for fucking months because he was a big rock star. He was going, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it, it, it wasn't very nice, but like, let's move on. And this interview is clearly like going... Well, did, did any Tell of them us. have? Did any of them shank you? It's like, mate, fucking hell! He, he obviously doesn't want to talk about it, so he doesn't want to talk about that. Um, Neil Young had promised to David Crosby that he would rejoin Crosby, Stills, and Nash uh, if David Crosby got out of jail and got himself clean. Mm. He made that promise. And David Crosby did, and so in 1988 they released the album "The American Dream." Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, which peaked at number 16 on the US Billboard chart. Um, but due to his problems with uh, with drugs, David Crosby really wasn't well enough to tour that album, as we will as we will kind of get to, I think. Um, so ultimately, the sort of three of them are just doing their own things we've spoken about what the other two are getting up to uh david crosby in 1989 before this album released his comeback solo album it was called and i love just <laughs> how passive aggressive an album title this is <laughs> david crosby released his solo album oh yes i can <laughs> which <laughs> when you've been arrested for drunk driving <laughs> smashing into a fence having a concealed pistol and crack and heroin and cocaine on your person and you can get out of jail and the first albums you release are called The American Dream and oh oh yes I can <laughs> like I don't think it's even One passive the... aggressive. I think it's petulantly aggressive. It's like, oh no, David, David, you've got to clean up your act. You can't keep going like this. Oh yes, I can. <laughs> oh yes, I can. It is one. It's such a like middle-aged millionaire rock star. I'll do what I want. Fucking like, you can't stop me, the man. No. <laughs> Bob Dylan's new album. We'll go and get the manager and see where that gets you. It's <laughs> like. I'm looking forward to Page and Plant are getting back together. They're going, oh yeah, and what are you going to do about it? That's the new album. <laughs> oh, oh yes, I can. Oh yes, I can. Like like he's in Burger King. Sorry, sir, you can't sit on the counter and eat eat your takeaway here. Oh yes, I can. I'm David Crosby. I'll do what I want. It's 
it's just so so brilliantly, brilliantly passive aggressive a title i i'm so. looking i was looking forward to the follow-up ep that i think was recorded but never released it was called <laughs> gelite hospital food so <laughs> Do that. <laughs> Do that. The new album from David Crosby. Do that again and you'll be picking up your broken teeth. You'll be taking, picking up your teeth with a broken hand. The amazing new album. Yeah, Agent Moffat returns with Square Go Like. <laughs> you do oh, that yes, I can. <laughs> you do that and see where that gets you. <laughs> like, the old, it's proper like <laughs> the University of Life. <laughs> School of Hard Knocks. World tour. Yeah, and I've got a yeah, and I've got a degree from the University of Life, son. So why don't you sit back down? Sorry, sir, you can't smoke in the cinema. <laughs> You'll be like, astral. Yeah. It's much my, my First Amendment rights. It's so. It's so. I mean, it's just such a weird. It's just such a weird title, anyway. Yeah. But when you know it's David Crosby, <laughs> it's just been like, well, this pistol and this crack that I've been driving, this, this bottle of booze that I've been driving around with. Oh yes, I can. It's like, mate, come on! You're not even attempting to look like you've maybe reformed as a character at all. Yeah. I do. I do quite, I do quite love it to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I respect the uh, the uh, brazenness of uh, well, the last kind of forty years of his life, I suppose. <laughs> brilliant! Shout out David fucking, Crosby. Fucking brilliant! So <laughs> they decided to do this album. They record this album in four days. Yeah, four fucking days at the start of nineteen ninety. Take that, February the Nirvana. F- <laughs> yeah, take that napalm death. <laughs> Scum took longer to record than this. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's mad, right? <sighs> yeah. So they literally. Um, it said it says here it was recorded in several recording studios around Los Angeles, but I mean it was done in four days. Like, why were they moving around? It's, it's fucking mad. Trying to but, keep away from the cops. The amount of money they could, yeah. Oh, yes, I can. Um, the amount of money the three of them must have made, like from platinum albums over the years and mm. big success and playing Live Aid, you think they take more than, I mean, already you go, God, you, you, you recorded your album in four days, lads. Why just take a little bit longer and get it right, surely. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you start recording on February the 1st. Um. <clears throat> And, oh, actually, I've completely fucked that up. That's completely wrong. I might have to edit that out. It, no, no, actually... no, no, keep going. You've All right, got to own this. Oh, yes, No, I, February the 1st to, fe- uh, to February the 5th, but it's February the 1st, 1986. So it didn't take four days. It took four years. I oh, think that's it out. weirdly worse. That is much worse, yeah. That's if it was actually... four days, I'd be like, well, that, that explains that makes some sense. of the choices. Yeah, four that years. That makes sense. Four, but yeah, apparently it's fucking four years. So... Um, <laughs> Fear Inoculum yes. had less studio time than that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So basically, they managed. They all managed to put out their own other albums mm. whilst this was being recorded. Then that is fucking mental, isn't it? Um, and you know, oh yes, I can came out that year. Uh, and um, I, it's fucking like it's a long time to record an album, which is essentially. 39 minutes of dicking around as we'll get to in a little bit mm, mm, mm. um 
I don't think anyone was really feeling it. I mean, um, Graham Nash has sort of said who is apparently is kind of the the, the leader usually of the sort of recording process. Um, okay. He had misgivings throughout the sessions and um, he said uh, of the album that only once did we sing together on one mic. So in that sense, it was not a true Crosby, Stills and Nash record. Um, which, yeah, like you say, like one of the things you brought up at the start, I mean, one of the things that most people know about is that they're meant to be this kind of trio this collective who all do these harmony parts together mm, and that's mm. sort of the charm of it and if they're only doing that once throughout the recording of the entire record over a <laughs> not four four day but four year period uh that's not it's not really it doesn't seem like great, the hearts it? in it no they're kind of Just, uh basically leaving out their their kind of you know they're trump cards by by doing it in that way but uh but i mean to be fair you know phil anselmo tracked all of the vocals for great southern trend kill from a different location and look at that i think we've got yeah, a similar that's album pantera's, in here. that's not pantera's selling point though is it like no what i was trying to do was just make diamond, a ridiculous comparison yeah, <laughs> yeah i suppose yeah. yeah fair enough um <clears throat> So anyway, uh, they did record the album uh, over a, a number of times due to, obviously, different bits and bobs that were going on in their own careers and whatnot. And um, eventually we got to hear the first single from the record, which is the title track. Oh. And which comes with a video, oh. which I think might be one of the best videos that we've ever seen. On this podcast, I, I would say you probably don't need to listen to this album, but you might need to watch the video for Live It Up. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. In a year in which I have discovered and slowly started to absorb the script of Stathlet's Flats, I think this video might be the funniest thing I have seen in 2023. It is absolutely fantastic. Um, I've written some some notes. I didn't want to be too extensive on it, but I have written some notes. Um, so it starts with a shot of a limo driving down Hollywood Boulevard, and then the camera mm. kind of pans over to a CRT monitor that's got the band all standing in a soundstage. And this was the moment I knew that, uh, well, I was going to love this video, and that I truly, truly love David Crosby. Because, Steve, he's got a particular... Um, uh, an unconventional performance i would say within this video and do you know what it reminded me of i took one look at him in that initial shot where he's sort of standing kind of side onto the camera glancing between the three of them and spike in the lens it's the end credits of crash bang wallet what a video <laughs> <laughs> that is the energy that david crosby brings to this video shoot <laughs> i'll take down your particulars graham nash it's fucking... Um... <laughs> he, he doesn't want to be there, does he? <laughs> he really doesn't, no. He does not want to be there. I mean, the, you've kind of touched on the conceit of this video, which is loads of people are living it up, mm. but Crosby, Stills and Nash are in TVs whilst yeah. they'll be in, people are watching the telly. Now, I was just like, oh, okay. So at first, like, there's something that there's a punk in the limo. I mean, again, he's... right, there's a guy in a suit and he's got like a mohawk punk haircut. Whoa, you think whoa, this whoa, is whoa. 1990. 
it's not a mohawk, Steve. What I have got written down, uh, so I've said uh, their depiction of a filthy rich millionaire in 1990 is baffling. It's a man with a handlebar moustache, hot yeah. pink block sunglasses, and a hairdo that surely was trademarked by Wayne Static a couple of years It is, it's later. Wayne Static. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not a mohawk. It is the Wayne Static, like, uh, fucking push it video. Yeah. Who's he? Bizarre. What's his story? I'd, I'd love to know. I mean, it's absolutely bizarre. He looks like a fucking wrestler or something. He looks like a like, WWF wrestler from the from the time. And it's a shame that a th- Fly on the Wall was the thing that got a 25-minute narrative video. I want to know about that guy. <laughs> I know. I was thinking. I was like, how have you managed to make this simultaneously worse and even fuller in character than mm. the 25-minute Fly on the Wall video that we watched last time out? Mm-hmm. I mean... There are a bunch of people. Like, there's people watching the telly in the jacuzzi. There's people watching the telly in the back of their limo. There's people watching telly. Like there's like a sort of sultan and a, a businessman on, and it says like FBI TV, <laughs> and they're handing money over to each other. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, okay, F- love, man, love, you know? love FBI TV. And oh. then and Crosby Stills and Nash are sort of in the telly around everything that's going on. Mm. And then it cuts to a beach, and three young girls in bikinis <laughs> walk by. A deck, some deck chairs, and they wave at the deck chairs, and it cuts to the deck chairs, and in each deck chair there is a telly with the face of Crosby, Stills, or Nash in it, and I was like, "Is this like Poltergeist? Are they like stuck <laughs> in the? Are they stuck in the telly? Is that's what happened here? Like, I don't think you'd enjoy going to the beach if you were stuck in a telly." No. And the other like baffling thing about it was, the tellies have sunglasses on as well. <laughs> Yeah, they do. Why? What, what? What? And I was just like, "Oh, this is taking a really unusual, weird turn." Like, why are those girls waving at televisions? Why are those televisions sunbathing? Why are the televisions are sunbathing? And the the sunglasses aren't over the lens of the TV; they're just on top of the telly. Mm. It's like, what is? Who has designed this? It's absolutely bizarre and then it cuts to (laughs) an old portable telly being cradled by a boxer Mm. you're like well i don't know what's going on here there's just a boxer (laughs) two boxing gloves and he's like cradling this little portable telly and then it cuts to phil collins i was gonna say i think the the person responsible for all of these kind of artistic choices is the man who's clearly on the most cocaine in this video which is phil collins he's uh he's wired for his short cameos Phil Collins is in two shots, and in yeah. both shots, he basically air fucks the camera, mm. drums <laughs> like like Julian on the car in stuff. And then like mouths the words. He he mouths the words to the chorus once, and yeah. he gives more energy than David Crosby in the this entire <laughs> album, I think. And then they they have the solo, and they're all playing. It cuts to them in the sort of soundstage studio. And they're all playing air guitar. Like, they stopped playing air guitar. And God, this, uh, this killed me. Like, David Crosby is a guitarist. And he <laughs> plays air guitar like he's holding a spoon. What? Like, <laughs> like it's just one of them. You know, you see people play air guitar and they like, yeah. the, the fucking, they're like, just cr- clasp their hand as tightly as possible in one hand. And then they sort of like flick their fingers. And you're like, have you never seen anyone play? How can you not play? Is that what you think look at, like playing a guitar looks like? You can't play air guitar. You, it fucking drives me mad when people were sh- so unbearably shit at air guitar. You know, like people who can't play it, they give it to models. I think we talked about it once, they give it to models guitars. And they're like, yeah, like they can't hold 
the, uh, the frets by the all. strings and stuff. Uh. <laughs> You're like, what are you doing? Have you never seen anyone play guitar? David Crosby plays air guitar like someone who doesn't know what a guitar is. And he is a guitarist. <laughs> he is, what the he f- is. Fucking terrible. Um, yeah. Then they go for a picnic. I say they. they. Yeah. <laughs> say they. Some tellies go for a picnic. Yep. Yes. There's a man making burgers for some televisions. Mm-hmm. Again, they just sat on a picnic basket. They put a whole thing out, put a whole dinner out, and then three tellies are sitting there, and they've got plates in front of them. Yeah. Can't eat, can't eat that, can you? No. no. Did you see what they were having? For their I'll dinner? be honest. I think I was in too much of a kind of, uh, I don't know, comedic reverie to really notice, Steve. Enlighten me. They had one of the tellies that cut to what they were eating, and they had a burger... Mm. What looked like some what's it? So I imagine it's like <laughs> Cheetos, fucking in, in Cheetos America, think, in yeah, America, yeah. and some grapes on the same plate. Mm. How have you got that that badly wrong? <laughs> Who have you ever seen <laughs> go go to McDonald's and go? Um, yeah, I'll get the uh, quarter pound of cheese, and uh, I'll get a large strawberry milkshake. And um, do you want large fries? No, can I have some grapes and some what's it? No. <laughs> How have you got that that badly wrong? I've never seen someone eat a burger and grapes at the same time. Ever. I, I would love... On the to, same plate. I'd love to hear any sort of audio recordings or read transcripts of the production meeting that went into this, this video. <laughs> it is bizarre. <laughs> got to do, do the bit where they, they're having a picnic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? You got the food, have you? We've got the food. What, what food should we... We've got burgers. We've got like burger and chips. We're going to do like burger. Get the gherkins. I've got grapes. Fucking grapes! <laughs> oh, well, too late now. <laughs> David Crosby said we've got 10 minutes or so you've got to get the fuck out he's only staying here for 10 just put the grapes put the grapes on the same plate put the grapes on the same plate like you don't know what's in a burger you no. my fucking idiots did I tell you about when I went to five <laughs> me and Polly went to five guys and she didn't know know what was in a burger did I tell you that before no didn't know what was in a burger how how so <laughs> she, Stephen how so <laughs> she freaks my girlfriend we went, to, we went to Five Guys once. You know, in Five Guys, you yeah. go, and they get a cheeseburger. And they go, what do you want on it? And you go, I love onions and ketchup and lettuce and tomato, please. And they go, oh, fine, fine. <laughs> I, I, I just, um, what do I want? Oh, I've got, um, oh, can, and she's like, all <laughs> flustered. I get a cheeseburger. And the person went, oh, what, what do you want on it? And she went, what? <laughs> what do you want on it? She went, I just want, I just want, a, I just want a cheeseburger. I just want it. And, she, and I was like, look, there's a list of stuff here. That, there's a thing in front of you. There's a list of stuff. And she was going, what? What do you have on a burger? What do you have? She was like, what do you have? And I was like, what? Do, what do you, what you want? Like, normal, yeah. normal stuff like lettuce. And, and she was going, do you have ketchup on a burger? You don't have ketchup on a burger, do you? I was like, yeah, of course you fucking do. We had an argument afterwards. Not an argument. We had a disagreement because she was going, I don't think you have ketchup in a burger. If you go to McDonald's, they just give you it and they just give you the stuff that's in a burger. And I was like, yeah, ketchup and onions ketchup and a gherkin yeah, yeah. and lettuce and a tomato. She was going, you don't have tomatoes in a burger. I was like, you fucking do. <laughs> she completely lost her head. Um, but even she would know that you don't have fucking grapes on the same plate as a burger. Surely. 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 We'll fix it in post is probably what they say. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. We'll edit uh, them out and we'll put something normal there, like some carrots. Hmm. I, I think uh, I like it when they're in the fruit machine cuts yep. to like vegas and mm-hmm. they pull the thing and they're like three things and, it, and it's them is that a jackpot or is did they win i thought so 
three old I, men. I mean, annoyingly, <laughs> I, I watched Casino for the first time last week, and I'm still none the wiser. Uh, it's um, I don't it's think a you very... win if you get three different old men. <laughs> I don't no. think that's a jackpot. So no, unlucky. No. Better next, better luck next time. Um, and then at one point they're singing again, and a bubble comes out of Stephen Steele's mouth, like a speech bubble, and it just says, "I don't know." <laughs> It does, doesn't it? It I does just say, I don't know, yeah. Um, Why? Well, I think he's answered your question. Why? Because he can. Oh, yes. <laughs> Why have they put that there? I mean, it is honestly but... one of the weirdest fucking videos I've ever seen. They're just singing and he looks over and a speech bubble just says, I don't know. And you just go, what possessed them to do that? They're... they're... <laughs> I think it's a fool's errand trying to figure out why anything <laughs> happened the way it did in that video. It's so weird. It's so fucking weird, that video. I love it. It's so good. David Cro- David Crosby, dude. <laughs> Full Alan Partridge, bare feet on his way to Dundee with Toblerone. Energy radiating through the monitors. Oh, my God. They look like they... <laughs> they look like... They've sort of been sat next to each other at a table at a wedding and they don't really know each other. And they've said, all right, everyone's got to get up and do a little... <laughs> Dance to the Omen theme. <laughs> it, it's so brilliant. Like, I, I, honestly, I cannot recommend that yeah. video enough. It, it does almost defy description. You've got to go and watch it. You've got to go and watch it. You have. Um, did you look at the comments on the YouTube... I did, and yeah. I was I was hoping to find something more funny in there. Really, it's just there's a lot of people saying, "Oh, R.I.P. David Crosby." And I thought, yeah, actually, I'm with you yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah, keep that in. Um, I like somebody called at Mindy Peters four five eight, who two years ago <laughs> said this song is awesome. I I just wish I could use it as a ringtone. <laughs> someone else in there asking about like can someone make this into a ringtone for me <laughs> it's the same person oh is it she said a year later if someone could please make this into a ringtone and put it on the Zedge app I'll be so happy and then three smiling face emojis I mean stop br- going about ring who fucking that's 2021 and you're bothered about ringtones I mean well if she commented in 2021 and then again last year presumably she might follow up again this year <laughs> Go, so are I you going to find someone going to fucking do this or what? Look, it's I've been waiting long enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, Mindy, if you're listening, like, get over it. Get over ringtones. Well, and also, Mindy, if you're listening, presumably you have a, a smart device of some sort. You can just set your ringtone to be anything from a streaming platform. It's, it's I quite think you easy. can, can't you? Yeah, yeah. You can. and it, which yeah, is yeah. on there. Um, apparently... Uh, this was used on an episode of Saved by the Bell, The Wedding. Right. Which I've seen. This, I, now, I can't find the clip of that, but it just says, a lot of people, Saved by the Bell, Las Vegas, uh, Saved by the Bell, The Wedding in Viva Las Vegas. There's a lot of people talking about this being in Saved by the Bell. Are you, do you know um, Do you know Saved by the Bell? The I know Saved of it, but I've not right. seen it, no. Yeah. Um, so Saved by the Bell was about, like, young kids who were at a sort of high school mm. in somewhere in America, like in fucking LA or whatever. Right. And I do sort of think to myself, if they used Crosby, Stills and Nash in a, sh- 
from nineteen ninety culture. Yeah, yeah. In in Saved by the Bell, this song. What the fuck were they thinking? Well, they're like, I tell you, I tell you what the kids love. <laughs> Crosby, <laughs> still than that. They, they love an awkward. <laughs> Alcoholic man with a big grey moustache. David Crosby is going to be the new Mickey Mouse. (laughs) We're going to franchise him to the ends of the earth. (laughs) All the kids, they just can't get enough of David Crosby. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, fellow kids. It's me, David Crosby. (laughs) Your spiritual kid. You know, some of the decision making surrounding all of this <laughs> you know water cooler chats about your favourite birds seven inch you know, who suggested there, this you know? for Saved by the Bell who went I'll, t- I'll tell you what the kids <laughs> like Crosby stills in there well, I'll tell you what's a good song that they should be using because that's the 90s now and it's like a whole mm. new edgy MTV generation you know what we, we should do the Crosby, Stills and Nash that you know that band from the late 60s well, they just released an album that sounds like it's come out in the mid 80s yeah <laughs> That's the perfect thing for kids in the 90s. What a fucking... What weird... What weird thing. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Uh, so that came out. And then um, the album came out. Uh, we should probably talk about the iconic cover, Sam. So the album's called Live It Up. Yep. What would you put on the cover of an album called Live It Up? I think it's obvious, isn't it? I think we're all... I think, we're I probably think all we thinking the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we? we're all we're all thinking tradesmen going up some sort of radio masts that have got sausages on them and they're on the moon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's why <laughs> yeah. I was the, the first thing when I heard the words "live it up" when I pulled it out of the thing the other day. My first thought was, <laughs> "Oh, what like sausages on the moon?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's what I think. Yeah, sausages oh. on the moon. When you think about the high life and living it up, mm. you think sausages on the moon, don't you? I think about having bangers with the clangers. Bangers with the clangers. Mm. And yes, there are. There are men planting hot dogs on mm. the moon. Live it up. Live obviously. it up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. this has gone on to be sort of considered one of the worst album covers in history. Weirdly, though, weirdly, yeah. it, even the band, I think even like the, the members of the band have said, like, I, I don't know what that album cover was about i think um graham nash came out and was like i don't know what we think of the album cover mm. I, I, nobody explains it it's never been explained i can't find anything anywhere that has any sort of explanation where people go oh well, we thought it'd be quite funny to have sausages on the moon on the front cover for mm. live it up because and obviously they, yeah. but nobody seems to have any sort of explanation as to why this fucking ridiculous cover happened maybe sausages the, uh... on the moon maybe it was the the like saturday boys turn at um at hypnosis studios and he just sent that off and no one double checked and they were like well this must be going to print it's come from St- storm thurgson's office mm-hmm. I mean, he's not gonna be taking the piss is he <laughs> is it storm thurgson no it's not no i was it can't just trying be. to think of a, a famous iconic <laughs> yeah, because it's got, it does actually look a little bit like it was maybe trying to do that I and mean, it's ridiculous so basically it says crosby stills nash Live it up, and then you can see half of planet Earth, and yeah. then you can see the 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 sort of the terrain of the moon, and there are four sticks with men climbing up the sticks, and on the end of those sticks are sausages. Couldn't be simpler. Couldn't be. Couldn't simpler. be simpler. They're living it up, aren't they? They are. They're living it up. <sighs> Just 
bizarre completely yep. bizarre and there's not many reviews from the time uh select apparently gave it one out of four that's a bit weird but mm. um <clears throat> that's what they gave it entertainment weekly gave it c plus the mad fucks saying um towards the end uh, but three songs with character don't make an album taken as a whole live it up isn't nearly as thoughtful as oh yes i can solo record david crosby <laughs> made last year nor does it have the offbeat edge neil young gave american dream the 1988 crosby stills nash and young release save your money drive up that mountainside with crosby stills and nash best songs from the 70s 60s and 70s blaring out instead um all music said more than the harmonies or the scandals what made crosby stills and nash a force was that they wrote great songs that's what miss that's what's missing on their first fully fledged fledged trio album since csn in 1977 they sing in earnest they sing earnestly and well and they are augmented as ever by a small efficient army of players such as Craig Dorge and Joe Vitale who have made a career supporting them but they just don't come up with the big songs they've led listeners to expect in fact there are quite a few songs by others as a result this is the least satisfying of the Crosby Stills and Nash studio albums not surprisingly it flopped badly in record stores it did it peaked at number 57 in the US Billboard 200 and sold a near 250,000 copies which is not great for um for a group who had previously been incredibly successful so um i guess all that asked all that leaves me to all that asked me to leave you i'm leaving i'm leaving you you cow um <laughs> sam crosby stills and nash live it up what do you think of this record well um i think we've established quite how bizarre the sort of um story surrounding it in the the lead up is and so it's quite disappointing that, with the exception of the title track, this album is really just quite boring. Like, really, really dull. I mean, you've got a song yeah. like Tom, Tomboy, which is the third song, comes in, and to me, that sounds like what the police sound like to people who've never listened to the police. It's got this weird kind of <laughs> cod reggae instrumentation, and then Stephen Stills just really fucking, like, listlessly falling through it. I mean, he, I think he is the worst of the, the three vocalists on this album, certainly. Obviously, I can't speak to the wider Crosby, Stills & Nash discography, but on this album, he is uh, he's phoning it in. Um, there's something like Yours and Mine. I mean, that's just jazz club from the fast show. Nice. Um, it's kind of weird, subtle lounge music, and then it talks about people kind of taking on the government in various forms, um, including a girl in Belfast. And I don't know that I would turn to Crosby, Stills and Nash to kind of educate me on the the troubles in Ireland. I think that's a no. quite quite a drastic misstep. Uh, haven't we lost enough? Um, a really quite drab, road weary acoustic ballad. Uh, it's a sort of lovelorn journey down the railroad tracks, almost back to the back to the old west. You know, go down, see the real down home country folk and all that, and remember the better times before they closed down the steel mill. The fat cats in Washington, they they took it away from us. And Bonnie and Dutch, they can't run their store in Strawberry anymore. It, it, it's really bad. It, it, if it didn't have the vocals, I think it could work as kind of incidental music in Red Dead Redemption or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I, it is nine tracks of quite quite boring music after the dolphin i think is the the song that is hampered most by the inclusion of um well the three people who wrote the album i think their vocals on it totally undermined what's kind of an interesting composition at first you know it starts with this news broadcast audio about an airstrike over london you've got this funky quite bombastic beat and it made me think of like oh maybe this is where public service broadcasting got all their ideas because <laughs> it, it yeah. works quite well and then crosby stills and nash come in and absolutely ruin it and there's about 30 seconds of fade out which no one ever needs that leads to a weird mm. honky-tonk piano however steve however i say this with all sincerity i think the album that that has been covered across broken records across true crap pop that this reminds me of most is 
Babylon Zoo, the boy with the x-ray eyes, because much like Babylon Zoo, I think this album has a certified fucking banger on it in the form of Live It Up. Who knew that Crosby, Stills and Nash would be so good at doing Duran Duran by way of Huey Lewis and the News in their 50s? I think it's fucking brilliant. The kind of throbbing, like synthesized bass. It's so... Uh, like liquid bass when people talk about liquid bass I mean it's it's a pastiche of that almost but I don't think they were trying to do that I think it's absolutely brilliant there's weird pop funk there's a really heavy wah on the solo and just the intonation of that chorus that but I need to live it up oh I need to live it up I fucking love that song <laughs> I think that song justifies the existence of the other kind of 40 odd minutes of this record I think the title track is superb Super MC, but I'm I'm curious to see what you make of it all. Uh, I think the title Jack is all right. I think it reminds me more of Phil Collins than it yeah. does yeah, either Duran Duran or you listening needs to be perfectly honest. It's pretty good, but I think when you think of what the best of that music can sound like, mm. I think it's a little bit far off. I think to call it like an absolute all time rager, I wouldn't say so. I think you're. Oh, I love it. I think it's great. You're spot on, really, with the majority of that. Um, this is an incredibly dull mm. record. It does sound really, really phoned in. I, I think the one thing that I think, I don't know if it elevates it into hilarity or if it just sort of makes it loads worse, is that it has some of the worst lyrics oh, of yeah. any album we've covered on here. Uh, there's a song called If Anybody Had a Heart, and it's If Anybody Had a Heart Like Mine. <laughs> the arrogance again like if anyone had a heart like my, like mine not like your you sure your shitty hearts like mine nobody has yours has never be broken yeah proper late 80s power ballad it says some people treat you like the clothes you wear i think is that supposed to be like a poignant thing to say what, what, what are you talking about like get you dry cleaned and put you in a cupboard like i don't know that's a that's a that's a crap line yeah. and it's all like 80s power ballad and then it does this big sort of prog synth bit halfway through it goes mm. from like paul mccartney to to white snake it gets proper like hair metally yeah in about like a four second period and, and there's a big like 80s hair metal guitar solo after like a big synthy sort of 80s yes prog bit and you're just mm. like well, hold on you were you were you were a power ballad a minute ago so i don't really know like it's very confused um yeah the reggae on tomboy is terrible haven't we lost enough is more like classic what i would have thought of as a classic crosby stills and Nash. yeah, boring. yeah. <clears throat> i mean all of that kind of bloopy drums and tubular bell shite that you get on um on yours and mine mm. oh my god there's a teenage girl in belfast lying in the street her brother plays a different game and he's paying with his feet it's oh, like yes, some, it's like <laughs> it's like something David Brent plays on that episode of The Office. It's like it is. it's a serpent that guides the gates to hell. And so then I the have... sax go on. Go, on, go on, go on. I was gonna say when the sax come in, it sounds like the theme tune to an eighties detective show <laughs> that that fucking Dennis Waterman would have been on. Uh, it's starring on ITV mm. at like nine pm on a Wednesday in about nineteen eighty seven. Um, with Adam Woodyat. Rubbish. Uh, There's that like, little beatdown bit where they say about every mother's son. It's it's just, it's so, it's so bad. It's so phenomenally poor. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, 
baffling decisions. I mean, uh, got to keep open uh, Sebastian the Crab Core, but before the release of The Little Mermaid, I think that's great. But um, it's funny you say about David Brent because I have got a note for Straight Line, uh, which overall I, I like the Nash-led songs more, but that's not saying much. Um, but I think that's his worst one because that opening guitar riff, the kind of palm-muted chords that are going through, it makes me think of David Branding, Every Breath You Take to Dawn on the day that Rowan's come into the staff training. Great. Yeah, that fucking Sebastian the Crab Court. I mean, again, it's like 80s British sitcom intro yeah. music, mm. right? That's what it sounds like. Why did people entertain Calypso drums so much in the 80s? <laughs> this is in the 80s, this is the fucking 90s, right? What's the line I, I wrote down? I'm sipping on the river and you're sitting and writing these words. What? <laughs> Why? You, what, these you're, ones? <laughs> you're yeah. writing these words. To this, and I'm sipping on the river. What are you, a fucking horse? <laughs> what are you doing? Like? <laughs> Crosby, fucked up again, isn't he? Sucking on a reservoir. Waves pistol around. Can't drink that, my friend. Sir, you can't drink that. Oh, yes, I can. David Crosby, stop trying to drink the Hoover Dam. One of them says um, that they're the captain of their soul. It's just not like... It, it's so many of the lyrics on this are like... What what does that mean? When you wrote that, you were like, oh, that's a really nice, yeah. poignant thing to write. Nice um, sentiment. Yeah, there's House of Broken Dreams has got really, really, really bad lyrics. He says, mm. here where the cobwebs count the hours... <laughs> And yep. here, where yep. we let laughter clear the air, separate houses, separate hearts, in this house of broken dreams, love... froze your tears and made a dagger. There's a bit where he goes, separate houses, separate hearts, in this house of broken dreams, love fly And they do a really long flies, like, mm -hmm. they go in, we can't end it on flies. No. Yeah, it's broken dreams and love can fl fly, fly, fly. Just cut it there. Just cut yeah. it there. Fight it's out, fight out. Absolutely rubbish. We keep our castles in the air while we're keeping both feet on the ground. If your heart can touch another heart, it can't. How can a heart? <laughs> yeah, but that. if you know, hypothetically, <laughs> David Crosby, David Crosby in the surgery. I'm gonna put these two hearts together. Can't do that, so you can't do. That. Yes, I can. <laughs> if your heart can touch another heart, love can turn it around. Yeah, awful. Uh, now, straight line again. Um, sounds like a theme tune to sort of US sitcom about a down on his luck single dad yeah. and the mad characters he comes into contact with again sappy soft plodding mor muzak you just go i can't believe you thought this was going to be okay to to release you know arrows has got it's like it's like kenny g easy listening sax it's proper like fuck me this is like this is like proper eat like the kind of shit easy listening from these people who never got on top of the pops or got in the charts or anything but were big among nans in yeah. the 90s and you're like i thought you lot you played woodstock do you mm. know what i mean like why are you making this terrible music why I mean, arrows in particular i think is one of the least dynamic songs i've ever heard it, it i mean it's this kind of like supposedly plaintive quite rousing ballad but it's all centered around a casio keyboard and then some fucking mm. core anglais seems to just keep in, inserting itself in there it sounds oh. awful man 
and it, and it never goes anywhere. That that's a song that I think I think is under four minutes. And most of these songs aren't very long, um, and it feels like about fifteen. It's the kind of inverse of like a Tool song. It feels so, it, like it stretches into eternity because nothing happens. It's it's really 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 rubbish. Like that, really rubbish. That would be my least favourite song on the album if it weren't for After the Dolphin at the end because I feel like there is compositionally a quite interesting thing going on there and then yeah. Crosby Stills and Nash ruin it by, by singing over it. And it doesn't really establish that the dolphin... Because I was like, what? There's a bomb dropped on a dolphin and it killed nine people? Hold on. Because that's what the thing says at the start. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, oh, we were all drinking in the dolphin. It's like, oh, right, it's a bar. Mm. But if you say at the start, they, the, the thing is like... Because it's, it's not a real... It's not a real like news broadcast is it no they've no. got so they've got an actor in they've got a voice actor cheap one probably yeah and they've got we've gone, gone read the we've written this news bulletin thing today a bomb was dropped on the dolphin and it killed nine people died as they dropped a bomb on the dolphin it's like, like the uh, escalation from bomb dogs <laughs> yeah it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exploding dolphins like <laughs> So it's not clear. So that made me go, what the fuck? And then later on, mm. it's, they're talking about drinking in the dolphin. You go, oh, I get yeah. it now. Okay, fine. It's a bar or something. Mm. Just crap. It's just a, it, it is bad, this album. But yeah, like the title track. I mean, the title track is comfortably the best thing on it. Oh, easily. By I a mean, million I, I, miles. I am properly into that title track. I think that title track is genuinely really good. Um, I think probably not for the reasons they, they wanted it to be, but it's just a fun, you know, infectious, kind of groovy, slightly naff new wave pop song. I think it's great. I am yeah, all of that. Good. I would have loved, I would have been up for that. If the rest of the album had <laughs> been like that, fine. But yeah, it, it does just turn from, if anybody had heart into, you know, really kind of ploddy, middle of the road, naffness. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. It is bad. Yeah. Um... So we'll rank it in a second. We'll just see what happened afterwards. So uh, this is the first time that didn't get certified since their debut in 1969. Deary me. That's mm. probably why it's here. It's just a massive sort of flop. And you can see why. Um, uh, they kind of went out to tour it a bit. But apparently, you know, the tours were not great. Mm. And uh, none of the songs sort of found a permanent place in their set list. Um, apparently the only songs they've performed more than a handful of times from this album beyond 1990 is house of broken dreams and yours and mine and i would suggest what, what you've done there is you picked two of the worst songs yeah of a very quite bad album yeah. you picked two yeah. pretty bad versions or two pretty bad songs from this record that is already mm. quite bad and you really there's only one song that you should be playing yeah and, and you're not but then you're not you idiots you absolute idiots. So, yeah, it's not bad. It's not a, not a good idea that. Um, David Crosby had to have a liver transplant in 1984 because, well, you know, he's going to have to do that at some point, isn't he? And Crosby, Stills, Nash, and then Young. I think Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young did another album together, which I've never heard, in 99, mm. I think. Oh, okay. Um, which was called Looking Forward, their fifth and final album. Um, they were inducted inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1997. Um, the first band ever to have all of its members inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. Yes, absolutely. Which is pretty good for them. Quite the feat. Quite the feat. Quite the feat, yeah. And, you know, um, there's been box sets and whatnot 
ever since and mm. you know they're a, become a, a, an iconic name in that sort of thing but i've got to be honest i don't know much about them or that kind of thing um i think post sort of breakup around 2016 there were rumblings here and there that maybe they might try and get back together with neil young which mm. kind of didn't happen when david crosby died earlier this year on january the 18th um so you know that's kind of put an end to that particular story i do think we should probably talk about david crosby's twitter um because it was funny it was i think yeah that opened him up to a lot of new people who maybe weren't familiar with his music and he's going oh who's this guy um mad bastard somebody somebody he just retweets quote tweets people (laughs) and is incredibly rude or was incredibly rude to them somebody um on the 28th of august 2016 just said at david crosby at or or at, at, at the david crosby electronic music question mark and david crosby retweeted it or quote tweeted it and just said no <laughs> like what a cuss for <laughs> for everything um take that apex twin yeah take that apex twin um on august 28th 2016 someone said what's the chances of me uh what's the chances of me opening for you uh, that's it right someone called the mood said what are the chances of me opening for you when you tour washington and then put a link to his YouTube channel. David Crosby, no chance. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not happening. Savage. Not Savage. happening. But the one that I think, uh, again, the 31st of August, 2016, at the David Crosby, hey Dave, would you mind having to listen to my band's track? Curious to think, uh, curious to hear what you think. Uh, and then he's put a link to the guy's band camp and then gone, thanks. And David Crosby has just retweeted tweeted it and said lame (laughs) (laughs) lame what a prick what a fucking curmudgeon oh nah Uh, i'm 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 i can endorse that kind of thing it's the it's how succinct they are as well it's all you do you could devastate an aspiring musician's career with one word yeah um did you see uh, what he said about Stephen Malkmus as well? Because they had a little thing. I don't think I did. <laughs> so, in 2018, uh, Stephen Malkmus from Pavement and David Crosby performed on uh, Live From Here, an American radio show, played their own solo sets. And um, they did a kind of group rendition of um, If Only I Could Remember My Name from mm. uh, David Crosby's 1971 solo album, Go and get the manager if you think that will make you feel better. Um, <laughs> that's not what we're called. That. It's called what? Are, what are their names <laughs> again? Probably, probably every album, some sort of Karen rant like across David Crosby's career. <laughs> um, oh. So uh, someone was like, "Oh, you know." Um, someone tweeted him and said, "What was it like to play with um, with Stephen Malkmus?" And he replied, "Said, um, who is Malkmus?" It's <laughs> on Stephen Maltman from Twitter, and he was like, "I have no clue who you're talking about." And then someone said, "David Crosby, you appeared on stage recently with Stephen Maltman of the band Pavement. Do you like Pavement's music?" And, <laughs> and David Crosby went, "You are sadly mistaken. Never even heard them, and I did not play the concert you think I did." And so somebody has 
tweeted a picture of the pair of them stood next to each other <laughs> on stage at this concert. And he's just gone, all right, maybe. <laughs> like, he couldn't even go, oh, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. He fucking went back and forth with this guy for ages and he still at the end just went... Well, maybe. I don't well, know. You can prove anything Probably with facts, not. can't you? <laughs> yeah, you can prove anything with facts. So, um, David Cosby does oh. not care about pavement. That we no. Know. Um, but he is funny. Uh, so we should rank this record, Sam. We should rank it. We should put it somewhere. Uh, I am just looking now at the, the list that we have. And I'm looking eh. at stuff. And I think it's quite bad, this record. Here's what I'm going to say. I do think it's actually quite bad. And I know that one song on it is good, but I think, for me, when you compare it to Babylon Zoo, mm. I think the other songs on the Babylon Zoo album aren't are shit, but they're not quite as shit as some of the stuff on here, which is yeah. like mad shit. And, and you know with a, a reputation of the musicians who made this, it shouldn't be as shit as that anyway. Mm, mm. And I don't think that the song that you're bigging up is as good as Spaceman by Babylon oh, no. Zoo. No, 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 no. So I'm looking down here and I am basically saying, I'm looking, I'm thinking of stuff that's got like one good song. Mm. Illa Divinum Insanus. It's quite bad. Um, but it's got some great songs on it. Multiple. It, yeah. I think this album is better than Super Collider by Megadeth, which doesn't really have definitely is yeah anything going for it at all. I think it's also wait just looking through the list. It's far better than Chamber Music. Yeah, uh, I would say way better well. than I, I much prefer it to one more light uh, as an entire experience mm-hmm. uh, I mean to be honest I'm I'm ending up going a fair bit lower uh, okay. looking down I mean looking down I think probably broadly where it needs to be I think kind of in the 40s um, around maybe Emerson Lake and Palmer which I think is similarly you know some quite <laughs> you know well respected musicians having a fucking mare essentially i think that that's kind of the area we need to be looking at really steve i don't think i don't think you can say that this is as bad as like illard or whatever no I don't probably think this is not a, this is not as bad as uh hefty fine by the bloodhound gang no probably not it's better than scream as well by chris as i looked at yeah one by yeah. dirty vegas is just sort of boring i don't know i mean is it worse one by dirty vegas feels like i mean that's quite a boring record streets mm. of the sky by the enemy i i think I'm happy. The compromise here, I would say, is I, I think, yes, Emerson, Lake and Palmer. I don't remember that being dreadful, just a bit boring. I think this has got more things like with the really po-faced, wanky lyrics. Yeah. Um, I think Baptism by Lenny Kravitz is also better than that, than this overall. Okay, so we have it between Lenny Kravitz and We Met at Sea by the Pigeon Detectives. I, I, think, uh, I think that feels like the right place to have it yeah i think that seems fair yeah i'm happy with that yeah um i think that is meaning that it's not you know the worst thing you've ever heard in your life because it's not but it is still got some pretty bad shit on it what's it called live it up live it it up live it it up uh yeah i mean it's ultimately just without David Crosby and how funny he is, 
Yeah. Massive fucking waste of time, that, innit? Absolute waste of time. Yeah, I oh, mean, beyond, I fucking beyond dropped the... one. I'm going to I'm gonna have oh, the one that I've dropped. Oh, my gilly goodness. Yeah, beyond the, the music video for the title track and the title track itself, this it is, it is a waste of time, really. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Oh, go on. Um, we have got, next time, My Beauty by Kevin Rowland. Okay. Are you familiar with that at all, in any way? I am not. I'm, I'm going to look it up now. So this is the one where I saw Kevin Rowland at the Reading Festival um, right. when he was promoting this record. And it mm. was weird. So it should be interesting, that. <laughs> You've seen the cover, right? I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's uh, mm. striking. Mm. Mm. Well. If you know, you know. If you don't know, definitely tune in to that episode because it's going to be a doozy. I reckon, Ooh. because that Kevin Rowland album is uh, certainly got a lot of, lot of, lot, a lot, a lot of talking points. And the criticism at the time, I would suggest, have probably not aged very well, Sam. Okay, I think I think I can infer what those criticisms might have been, but I guess we'll find mm-hmm. out next time. Yeah, bloody will. Anyway, thanks very much, everyone, for listening. We appreciate that. Come back next time. Like I say, we're going to be talking about Kevin Rowland. Uh, come on, Eileen. It's not there any. Not yet. now. No. Not now. Not. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks very much, everyone. Enjoy that. Um, you know, live it up. Go and grab yourself some sausages on the moon. You're gonna... <laughs> what, do it. Why, why, yeah. why, why ever you do that, I don't know. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye, bye, Sam. See you later. Cheery, bye. Bye. <laughs>